This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Inka Vat. Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen has condemned Russia's violation of Ukrainian sovereignty, joining the long list of countries who have expressed support for Ukraine. Taiwan has concluded a national security meeting to consider its own sanctions against Russia. Jaime Ocon reports. Russia's military actions in Ukraine are raising concerns across the world. More than 8,000 kilometers away in Taiwan, officials are eager to find a peaceful solution. Along with countries like the U.S., Germany, and Australia, Taiwan is considering its own set of sanctions against Russia, including an export ban on semiconductors. Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen has called on the government to stay alert for any attempt to use Ukraine's situation to stoke fears in Taiwan in relation to China. China claims Taiwan as a breakaway province, and there are fears of a similar operation here as was undertaken in Ukraine. Taiwan said it will continue to strengthen military preparedness across the Taiwan Strait. It hopes that the global response to the attack on Ukraine will serve as an example of support for democracy in the face of aggression from those who oppose it. Chris Ma and Jaime Okan for Taiwan Plus. As we mentioned, Taiwan is watching the situation in Ukraine closely. I spoke to Miles Yu, a senior fellow at the Hudson Institute. He was a former senior policy advisor on China to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo during the Trump administration. I asked him whether parallels can be made with Taiwan's position in the shadow of neighboring China, which claims the country. I was uh, watching uh, Vladimir Putin uh, making a long speech, trying to justify very painfully his uh, impending action uh, against Ukraine. One of the most interesting things he was saying that uh, he didn't believe the nation of Ukraine actually exists, which is kind of bizarre and uh, very strange. Uh, he believed Ukraine was just an empty concept. Uh, had there not been the Soviet Union, there would not have been the nation and country and people of Ukraine. Which brings me to the issue of Taiwan. This is exactly what the Chinese Communist Party thinks of Taiwan. In their revisionist view, uh, Taiwan doesn't exist. Uh, 23 million people, free, democratic, uh, doesn't even measure in their mind because they try to sort of squeeze Taiwan into oblivion in international uh, space. How valid are the concerns that if Russia invades Ukraine, Beijing will take advantage of the attention being focused in Eastern Europe and increase its aggressions against Taiwan? I think it depends on several uh, calculations, depends on how wise or unwise the Chinese leadership uh, might be. On the one hand, there is this tendency, this kind of uh, egomaniac thinking that somehow China has uh, become stronger than all the adversaries, including the United States. So that gives it illusion. You know, in the 1960s, 70s, just like a Mao believed that the Chinese Communist Party was so strong, there is this, uh, this, uh, this uh, tendency of so-called the Eastern wind overpower the Western winds, uh, so that gave you some kind of a proletarian communist chutzpah and make China very, very aggressive uh, in uh, its uh, uh, global outlook. 
And I think that right now there is a similar thinking um, in Beijing that somehow China's time has come. Is China now? Is time? It's time for China to show its muscle. So that's very dangerous. So this is very similar to what、uh, Vladimir Putin、um, is doing right now in Ukraine. On the other hand, if you have any sense of reality, if you have any sense of balance, then you would you would really know that. If China takes any military action similar to the one that、uh, Vladimir Putin is is taking in Ukraine,、uh, China is not Russia, because what China will face is a coalition of gov- of, of states of nations surrounding China's borders. Does the Asia Pacific need its own NATO? In other words, United States has very good uh, uh, alliance. Uh, Uh, agreement with, say, individual countries such as Japan, Philippines, or South Korea, but there is no multilateral alliance the like of which we see in Europe, which is NATO. Taiwan says it will ease some COVID-19 prevention measures starting in March. The announcement came as the country recorded 80 new cases on Thursday, which included seven local infections. Starting March 7th, business travelers will be allowed to enter the country, and the quarantine period for all travelers will be cut from 14 to 10 days. Domestic restrictions will also ease from the start of the next month, allowing people to remove masks when exercising, taking photos, and driving. With family, commuters will be able to eat and drink on mass transportation, and supermarkets, malls, and traditional markets will be allowed to offer free samples once again. In 2019, Taiwan made history by becoming the first country in Asia to legalize same-sex marriage. But as John Van Trieste reports, current rules mean that for many couples, the right to marry remains out of reach. Japanese citizen Ezaburo Ariyoshi and his Taiwanese partner, who goes by the nickname Ashu, have been together for more than six years. They've tried to register as a married couple, but have twice been turned away. Even though same-sex marriage is legal in Taiwan, under current rules, foreign nationals can only marry a same-sex partner if their home country has also legalized same-sex marriage, which Japan has not. The rule has affected the lives of many transnational same-sex couples in Taiwan. It forced Ashu and Ariyoshi to live apart for a month. 曾经有发生过，就是他学中文的学程已经结束了，然后他没有办法就是获得学生签证，所以他就必须回去日本，一个月十分的漫长。Now they are suing the government to get the restriction lifted, and they are not the first. Three transnational couples managed to win exemptions in court, but their cases were considered legal exceptions and did not set a precedent. Taiwan's cabinet, the executive yuan, says it has been working to amend the law. But the process has taken more than a year, prompting criticism from the government watchdog. Ashu and Ariyoshi have given up on waiting for the government. They hope their legal action will finally bring the right to marry to all. Klein Wang and John Van Trieste for Taiwan Plus. The World Health Organization says that the number of COVID-19 infections and deaths declined significantly last week. The WHO recorded 12 million new infections globally, down 21% compared to the week before. 67,000 deaths were recorded during that period, an 8% drop. However, not all countries see the improvement in Asia. In Asia. 
Singapore's daily COVID-19 cases hit a near-record 20,000 infections on Wednesday. That was second only to the 26,000 reported the day before. According to the nation's health minister, it may take a few weeks before the current transmission wave peaks and subsides. South Korea reported a record high of 170,000 daily new cases on Thursday. The infections spiked from nearly 100,000 within a day. An explosive rise in infections has been seen in the nation since mid-January, when Omicron first emerged as the country's dominant strain. The WHO is creating a global training center to help poorer countries make vaccines using messenger RNA technology, the kind used in Moderna and BioNTech COVID-19 vaccines. The idea is to help such countries get more access to vaccines and other life-saving treatments. Louise Watt reports. Poorer countries have struggled to get their hands on vaccines during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now the World Health Organization is working to get vaccine technology into their hands. The WHO's Director General says there's an urgent need to increase vaccine production in low- and middle-income countries. Vaccines have helped to change the course of the COVID-19 pandemic. But the scientific triumph has been undermined by vast inequities in access to these life-saving tools. Much of this inequity has been driven by the fact that globally vaccine production is concentrated in a few mostly high-income countries. The WHO's answer? An mRNA technology transfer hub, which they're setting up in South Korea. The new hub will share messenger RNA technology that has been developed by the WHO and partners in South Africa. They are trying to reverse engineer the Moderna vaccine without Moderna's help. But even though they probably won't be able to create any usable shots until late next year or even 2024, the WHO's chief scientist says it won't be a wasted effort. I think this technology and, and this whole process of empowering and building capacity in places around the world will not only enable more work on vaccines of other public health importance like TB, like dengue, like chikungunya and other diseases, but also serve, you know, as our uh, backup plan for the next pandemic. The idea is that vaccine production could be scaled up quickly should a new pathogen surface. So in that instance, poorer countries won't be left behind. Patrick Chen and Louise Watt for Taiwan Plus. Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. Finally today, we'll leave you with some images of the newborn Patas monkey in Taipei Zoo. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.